Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time Podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. 2024 will be an extremely busy year in terms of elections. Today's episode will go over every continent and we will briefly highlight the major countries holding elections and cover them quickly. There's a lot going down and I'm very excited for this episode. So let's cut to the chase. Over half of the world will live in countries that hold elections in 2024, with over 2 billion people casting their votes. It will be a stressful year with a backdrop of conflict from Ukraine to the Middle East that will highlight that democracies around the world continue to struggle. Let's start by going over Asia. In January 2024, Taiwan will hold their presidential elections. President Tsai Ing-wen of the Democratic Progressive Party is ineligible for a third term, but the party's new candidate, current Vice President William Lai, is leading in the polls. The two main opposition parties, the Kuomintang and the Taiwan People's Party, have just teamed up to have a chance to beat the Democratic Progressive Party. These elections will greatly affect relations with China as well as the US-China tensions and the entire region. Bangladesh will also hold elections the same month. Since the election of Sheikh Hasina of the Awami League as Prime Minister in 2009, the country has taken a sharp authoritarian turn. Opposition leaders have been jailed and protests have been forcefully put down. If the opposition Bangladesh National Party were allowed to run in 2024, it is pretty likely that its leader, Kaledasia, who is also an ex-prime minister, would win. But that is very unlikely, given that Miss Zia is under house arrest after being convicted of corruption. Sri Lanka will also hold presidential elections before September of 2024. Following last year's economic meltdown and its previous president, Rajapaksa, fleeing the country, Ranil Wickremesinghe took over. He will lead the United National Party at the next elections. But opposition parties are way ahead in early polls. Left-wing leader Disanayake is polling almost 50%, so we'll most likely see a battle between him and the center-left Premadasa-led coalition. One of the most populous countries in the world, Indonesia, will hold key elections in February. The election will see the current defense minister, Prabowo Subianto, who is leading in polls, face off with Ganjar Pranowo, who is close behind. Joko Widodo, the current president, who still has an almost 80% approval rating, seems very focused on entrenching a political dynasty. He has not officially endorsed the candidate, but he will very likely back Prabowo. In fact, Joko Widodo's current son was selected as Prabowo's vice presidential candidate after a few laws were recently changed to make sure he could run. The elections will mostly look at the candidates' personalities rather than their planned policies, 
as continuity with the current administration is widely expected. The world's most populous country, India, will also cast their vote during the year. The world's biggest democracy, which has turned more illiberal under current Prime Minister Modi, is enjoying incredible economic and geopolitical success. He has repressed political dissent and marginalized Indian Muslims. However, Modi's right-wing Bharataya Janata Party, BJP for short, is enjoying extremely high approval ratings at 78%. The main opposition leader, Rahul Gandhi of the Indian National Congress Party, was sentenced to prison for defamation this year. Mr. Gandhi did manage to have the ruling overturned, but only recently. All 26 opposition parties formed a coalition in July to compete against Modi in next year's elections. But let's be honest, it's never a good sign for a democracy when all opposition parties must team up to beat the main party. A BJP victory looks very likely next year, but it will still struggle to sway the richer southern Indian states. Pakistan will hold presidential elections during the year, but whatever candidate goes up, the country's military will continue to maintain strong control. Let's now move over to Africa, which is the continent with the most elections. Because of the high number of military coups in recent years, we can state that democracy has not been working very well in the continent. Insecurity runs rampant and economic growth stagnates, all the while the ruling elites or authoritarian leaders continue to hold on to power. South Africa's election next year will be an incredible disappointment. The African National Congress Party, ANC for short, has maintained power for over three decades and current president Cyril Ramaphosa will likely remain in control. Corruption, crime and unemployment will remain top priorities. Faith in democracy has plummeted and the young will likely not even vote. It is expected that less than 25% of 18 to 30 year olds will cast their vote. The elections in Rwanda and Chad will be completely farcical. The question is how close to 100% will the current presidents win? Tunisia's current president, Kais Sayed, has turned into an autocrat and his popularity has increased in recent months as he has managed to put the blame of the country's entire problems on sub-Saharan immigrants who simply want to go to Europe. But voter turnout in next year's elections will still be low as opposition candidates are all in jail. What was once the only democratic success story of the 2011 Arab Spring has now completely vanished. Ghana, one of the few kind of democracies in West Africa, will hold presidential elections in December next year. The economy and growing unrest from jihadists in the north will dominate the narrative as the current vice president will face off against the previous president. Botswana and Namibia, two relatively stable democracies in the south of the continent, will also cast their votes. Botswana's populist president Masisi 
will seek re-election in a country which in recent years has seen significant political controversies. In Namibia, it is hard to see how any party not called the Southwest Africa People's Organization, SWAPO for short, can win. They have governed the country since 1990 with a center-left to left-wing agenda. In Algeria, the current president, Tebone, will likely just be re-elected in next year's elections. Senegal, one of the few democracies in the region, has faced significant controversies in recent years and will hold a presidential election in February of 2024. Current President Macky Sall has hinted this year that he would like to run for an unconstitutional third term, similar to what President Ouattara did in the Ivory Coast. President Sall jailed opposition candidate Ousmane Sonko, but violent protests followed and forced him to not seek re-election. Sonko was announced as a presidential candidate, but it is still unclear if he is allowed to run. Let's now move over to the Americas. Mexico will elect its first female president, and both presidential candidates have less populist tendencies than current president Andres Manuel López Obrador, also called AMLO. AMLO's party, Morena, will likely prevail, given its very high approval ratings. Morena's leading candidate, environmental engineer Claudia Scheinbaum, is expected to easily cruise to victory. All other opposition parties formed a coalition to stop Morena. But as I said before, when this happens, it means that something is wrong with the state of the country. Panama will hold elections in May. I generally wouldn't have mentioned the country, but given its current state, I feel like it deserves its own section. The country's economic prospects have worsened a lot recently. The water level in the Panama Canal continues to fall, and the country was forced to reduce the amount of ships that passed through it, losing revenue as ships turn away or seek alternative routes. Recent protests against a mining agreement with the Canadian company First Quantum over the Cobre Panama mine have led to calls for a referendum on the matter. Both the Panama Canal and Cobre Panama mine represent around 10% of Panama's GDP, so the country's economic uncertainty will certainly lead to strong calls for change in the upcoming elections. In El Salvador, the country's young dictator, Nayib Bukele, who enjoys incredibly high approval ratings by cracking down on gangs and violence, will easily win another election in 2024. Venezuela will also hold presidential elections next year. Even though the US recently eased sanctions on the country, and the current dictator, Nicolas Maduro, agreed to more transparent elections, it is hard to fathom how he would allow free and fair elections. He's already trying to exclude the main opposition candidate, Machado, from running in next year's elections. It will likely be a sweeping win for Maduro. Now we get to the most important election of the year next November in the United States of America. America's future direction and its leadership will be on the line. 
It will be a grim spectacle with big consequences for the entire world. It is hard to believe that two old candidates, who most voters wish were not candidates, are battling it out again. It is even harder to believe that Donald Trump, a man who tried to overturn the previous election results, is the Republican Party's nominee. While the Democrats have had considerable success in both the midterms last year and recent state elections this year, Biden continues to suffer from very poor approval ratings and is aging rapidly. As the polls stand, Trump would win. A second Trump term will most likely be similar to his first term, but on steroids. His vengeful and narcissistic attitude would turn America into a loose cannon with strong isolationist tendencies at a time of declining US power. While there has been some continuity between Biden and Trump, especially concerning China, many of America's strongest allies will suffer from another Trump administration. Strongmen around the world will rejoice and feel emboldened. The consequences for democracy and the world will be massive. Now that we got the big one out of the way, let's turn our attention to Europe. The Finnish presidential elections in February will certainly be interesting. The country has just joined NATO and its current liberal conservative coalition is running again, led by ex-Prime Minister Alexander Stubb. Stubb will most likely face off against a popular foreign minister, Pekka Havisto, who was a key negotiator of the country's NATO membership and will run as an independent. It will be interesting to see how the right-wing populist Finns party will perform. During the 2023 parliamentary elections, the Finns finished in second place, its strongest results since the party's founding. Meanwhile, Portugal will be on the radar next year, as its Prime Minister, Antonio Costa, resigned in recent weeks. The country will hold legislative elections in March, where the country's Socialist Party will likely lose a lot of seats. Whether that support will go to the Liberal, Conservative, Social Democratic Party or the right-wing, populist Chega Party will highlight the direction of the country's future. Romania will hold presidential elections in November or December of next year. Its economy has been red-hot for over a decade, and the country recently turned from one of emigrants to one of immigrants. Ukrainians, Nepalis, Bangladeshis and Nigerians are flocking to the country as its prospects continue to grow. Current president Klaus Johannes will not be able to seek re-election. So far, it has been a close race with independent candidate Joanna, who is also Deputy Secretary General of NATO, leading the polls, followed by current Social Democratic Prime Minister Marcel Ciolacu. As in other countries across Europe, Romania's far-right party, AUR, is also expected to make strong inroads. So this will be another very interesting election to watch. In March, Russia will hold presidential elections, but Vladimir Putin will easily win. His main rival, Alexei Navalny, will likely remain in prison 
for just a few more decades. Moldova, who under the leadership of Maya Sandu, is clearly steering the country towards Europe and away from Russia, will also hold presidential elections in autumn of next year. Moldova's local elections in November of 2023 was neither a sweeping victory nor a major defeat for Sandu's party. However, pro-Russian parties continue to maintain a strong foothold in the country, so next year's elections will be a pivotal moment for Moldova's future. Georgia will hold presidential and parliamentary elections in October of next year. Even though most of the country's population is extremely pro-EU, the ruling Georgian Dream Party has taken a controversial pro-Russia stance. They also jailed the main opposition candidate, Saakashvili. While the president is more of a ceremonial head of state, parliamentary elections will represent an important moment, as we will see if opposition parties can make inroads. Belarus will also hold parliamentary elections, but Lukashenko's parties will win them hands down. The EU parliament election in June will be extremely interesting given the rise of right-wing parties in recent pollings. The emergence of a broad conservative bloc could upset a long-standing balance between the People's Party, the Socialists and Democrats, as well as the Liberal pro-EU Renew Group. This will likely shape the EU's policies for years to come, so it is extremely important. Let's now conclude with another key election in the UK. Its date is still uncertain, but it will certainly be held before the end of January 2025. The ruling Conservatives have been struggling lately, even though current Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has demonstrated pretty good governance, unlike Liz Truss's disastrous tenure last year. Keir Starmer, head of the Labour Party, is polling considerably ahead of the Conservatives. The economy will dominate the election, as inflation and high interest rates are leading to a significant cost-of-living squeeze. The state of public services will also be high on the agenda, as the country's National Health Service is overloaded and understaffed. As things stand now, the Labour Party will clearly win. Let's see if Rishi Sunak can rally the Conservatives and turn the election around. What a full and exciting year 2024 will turn out to be. Democracies will be put to the test all over the world. Will their slide down continue or come to a grinding halt though? The danger of growing illiberalism is stronger than ever, as many people throughout the world grow disillusioned with democracies as they fail to convince voters. Next year's elections will have massive impacts on the rest of the world, the economy and geopolitics for years to come. Buckle your seats and get ready for the spectacles. Thank you and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me wherever you get your podcast and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.